Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Taylor is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. I'm sorry, sir. We're not taking comments from the audience tonight. So, so sir, thank I, you. Sir. Sir. Okay. May go ahead. I, I'd like to, I'd like to I'd I'd like to I'd like to respond. Um, I I um. I'd like to um, address uh, this particular. <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy. We only have an hour. Moving, uh, moving along. I'd like to um, address this question because I am incredibly uh, proud of the fact that I have been endorsed for the first time ever uh, by the Fraternal Order of Police. And that is, thank you. I am incredibly proud of that. But not only have I been um, endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, but I have been endorsed by the Indian Estate Police Alliance, and I have endor been endorsed by the um, Retired uh, Police Officers Association. I am incredibly proud of being endorsed by these folks because law enforcement are the heroes that go into the danger every day, 24-7, to keep my family, to keep your family, and all of our families safe. And it's important for me that these folks who are putting their lives on the line literally every day have a partner. Now let me be crystal clear. Independence does not mean that there cannot be a partnership. I want to go back to the fact that I was the Inspector General for the state of Indiana and I led a law enforcement agency. There is no more independent office than the office of the Inspector General. I have the experience to hold public officials accountable. I have the experience to hold other law enforcement officers accountable. But the fact that there has to be uh, independence through either the police or the prosecutor's office does not mean that there should not be an excellent partnership and relationship between law enforcement and the prosecutor's office. Having a successful relationship between those two offices is fundamental to starting to change the trajectory of the violence that our city is experiencing. And so long as there remains a fracture between the prosecutor's office and law enforcement, we are going to continue to see the violence increase in our city.
Mrs. Carrasco, this one to you as well. A number of people, many submitted questions in this forum, are concerned with your lack of prosecutorial experience, um, specifically asking how many jury trials have you conducted. What experience can you point to that makes you fit to lead the prosecutor's office? I, I'm so glad that this is one of the questions that I get to discuss with you all tonight. I absolutely have the extensive experience that it takes to be the Marion County prosecutor. I have been, as I mentioned, the inspector general for the state of Indiana. I led a law enforcement agency. I worked with law enforcement officials at all levels. And importantly, I worked with prosecutor's office, not just here in Marion County, but across the entire state of Indiana, investigating white-collar criminal cases. Now, that's not my only experience. My extensive experience as a public servant working towards making the lives of Hoosiers across our entire state of Indiana is uh, this this October will be uh, 16 years. I have experience working with the Indiana General Assembly to successfully change our laws, especially our ethics laws, to make sure that our government uh, officials are being held accountable. I know how to work with the legislature to change laws that may not make sense. I know how to work with partners across the aisle to make change come about. I know how to implement systems, policies, and procedures, not just across one city, one county, but the entire state to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Now, it's interesting to me that people may measure the success of the elected prosecutor based on the prosecutor's experience in the office or in the courtroom. And if that is the true measure of success, then I ask, why is it that the current prosecutor's office is experiencing um, a situation where our city has had record homicides for the entire tenure of the current prosecutor? Why is it that our city is seeing violence continue to increase under the current prosecutor's uh, tenure? Why is it that deputy prosecutors in, in the numbers of 20, 30 deputy prosecutors have contacted me to say that they've left the office and their words, not mine, say that the office is a toxic environment. Why is it that some polling that was done this summer by residents of Marion County say that they feel 77% of people feel less safe this year than they did last year in our county? under the tenure of a prosecutor that has prosecutorial and jury uh, trial experience. What I would suggest to you is that the experience that is necessary for the Marion County prosecutor is that of leadership. I have leadership experience in droves. I've been doing that my entire career, and I want to bring those skills to my home to make our city safe. And we've already talked a little bit about it, Prosecutor Mears, but we've discussed 
how your office decided in 2019 to no longer prosecute simple marijuana possession. Can, can I answer the experience question? Oh, please, go ahead. I appreciate, <laughs> I, I appreciate it's it. It's a conversation. Yeah, it is, it is a conversation, I'm, and I'm grateful for the conversation. I, I think the first thing, though, too, that, that I want to lay clear to, to everybody here is uh, you're never going to hear me go negative. Uh, you know, I learned a long time ago uh, from my parents and from other people, you don't tear down other people to prop yourself up. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and, you know, hopefully you can vote for me or not uh, based on my own merits. And hopefully this is a thoughtful exchange of ideas uh, or not. Uh, and so, but, you know, when we talk about that issue of experience, daily people come into my office every day with challenging cases. Uh, who do we file cases against? What type of uh, resolution is appropriate? What cases should we file? Uh, and having that experience is important to the people that you supervise and the people that you work with. Uh, I'm able to answer questions about the rules of evidence. I'm able to answer questions about sentencing. I'm able to answer questions about what will work and will, will not work in front of a Marion County jury. And those questions are brought to me every single day, which I think is critically important when you are making a decision that is going to dramatically impact someone's life and liberty. Uh, and so having that experience is, is critical. Uh, one of the things that was just mentioned, uh, that one of the, the things that we need to do that is uh, fundamental to change the violence in our community is relationship with law enforcement, that that's the most important thing. Uh, I can tell you right now, I could not disagree more. Uh, the relationship is with the community. Uh, Law enforcement is going to investigate these cases. Law enforcement, for the most part, shows up to court. Law enforcement does what they can. Where we are missing that connection, and I think this is where experience does matter, is how do you establish those community relationships and how do you get people from the community to trust you to come forward with information? We ask a lot of victims and witnesses in criminal cases. We say, I need you to come into a room full of a bunch of strangers that you've never met before, and I want to tell you about the worst, and I want you to tell these people about the worst moment of your life. That's a big ask that we have of people, and that's why it's so incredibly important that you handle those individuals with care, you develop those relationships, so what they told the police the day this happened is the same thing that they tell the jury when you go to trial. And the way and the ability that you're able to get those types of things done is to make sure that the persons and the people who are making those choices and decisions have experience to build those relationships with the community, to get those victims, to get those witnesses to court. That's why experience matters. And we have to continue to focus and invest on these relationships in our community because there are too many people who have made the decision that they're not going to participate in the criminal justice process. And a number of these questions, going back into my, um, my next issue, was about refusal to prosecute. And a half a page here filled with questions from community members who really kind of want an understanding, Prosecutor Mears, of um, how you have the authority to make these quote-unquote blanket decisions, these overall you know, decisions um, on what to prosecute or not. Absolutely. First of all, we have discretion as prosecutors to decide what should be charged and what shouldn't be charged. Uh, you take an oath when you become an attorney. You take an oath when you become a prosecutor uh, to uphold the law. And the Equal Protection Clause in the United States Constitution says that if the law doesn't apply equally to everyone, that's a violation of the United States Constitution. 
So when I see the fact that there are people in our community who are disproportionately impacted by possession of marijuana, I'm going to act on that. When I see a new law that treats women differently than everybody else, I'm going to act on that. You know, our, our country has a very sad tradition and a very sad history as it relates to laws being used to beat people down and keep people down and to prevent societal change. And, you know, as we have this conversation, I think one of the things that is important, and don't get me wrong, there are obvious differences to what I'm talking about, to what is going on uh, in the past. But there were too many prosecutors who stood up and said, it's the law, sorry, I have to enforce it. You can't sit there, you're going to jail. Sorry, it's the law. You can't drink out of that water fountain, you're going to jail. Sorry, it's the law, you can't sit on this bus. And it's important, and it's important that we, number one, recognize that there are differences between what we're talking about today in those situations, but secondly, that the general premise of a prosecutor's office used, being used to punish people and using laws to punish people is incredibly inappropriate. You want to comment on that? Absolutely. Um, you know, I want to comment on the fact that the uh, oath of a prosecutor is absolutely to enforce the law. And what I want to see is when we talk about accountability, um, I do believe it is the responsibility of the prosecutor's office to see a person who has an interaction with the criminal justice system and do something about it. It is a responsibility of the prosecutor to use the laws that are in place and use prosecutorial discretion to reach the right conclusion. But one thing I want to make clear is I do not want Indianapolis to become a San Francisco, to become a New York City, to become a Los Angeles. And that is precisely the rhetoric that we're seeing here in our community where the current prosecutor's office is following and signing along on court filings with the likes of the Gascones who say that they're not going to enforce categorically laws because they decide that they don't want to. Now, if the prosecutor felt that one law would be unequal or treat people differently, there are processes in place to challenge those laws. It is possible for the prosecutor to be at the table when shaping those laws, but to take the matter into one's own hand, I believe, is a violation of that oath that is taken. And I will never categorically ignore a law because that is not the role of the prosecutor. That is the role of the legislature and a successful prosecutor will be participating in that uh, shaping of the law or changing if it's necessary or perhaps taking other measures. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.